Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Never before has a TV show come along with a soundtrack so incredibly haunting that I couldn't shake it. That's what happened when I first heard the score for writer and director Mike White's HBO show, White Lotus. Cristobal Tapia Devere is the composer and musician behind all the sounds in the score that range from percussive African and Latin instruments to guttural human chants. When I first heard the show's theme that you're hearing now, I was all in. It sounded like some sort of crazy deranged version of Herbie Hancock's Watermelon Man. Cristobal Tapia Devere is a Chilean composer based in Canada who studied classical music at the Music Conservatory in Quebec. After dabbling in electronic music production and playing drums in various bands, Devere's first big break as a composer came from his score for the British thriller Utopia. On today's episode, I talked to Devere about how he came up with White Lotus's striking soundscape. He plays the stems from the score and talks about how he initially set out to create a Hawaiian Hitchcock sound. Devere also explains how he created the signature tribal sounding vocals from the show after being summoned to California by Kanye West. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's my interview with Cristobal Tapia Devere. How did you get approached even for the show to begin with? They called me uh, in, in January and they sent a script and I loved the script. I, I thought it was one of the best script I, I've read in, in, in a long time. So I took the meeting with Mike and uh, I don't know, he, he, he was great. Like he, he's a pretty easygoing guy, at least to me. Uh, we talk a little bit, 
we made some jokes about, uh, you know, doing a Hawaiian Hitchcock and this and that. He didn't want, you know, comedic music, like a typical comedy show music or anything like that. And then I went uh, back to the studio and for about three weeks, I, I was just recording nonstop. But Hawaiian Hitchcock, that was your phrase. That was your way of thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, I told him that, but it's not because of the style or, or trying to emulate Bernard Herrmann or, you know, anything like that. It's just that he wanted to feel that something might be happening, uh, something uh, something's bubbling underneath what's happening there, and it feels like some, somebody's going to die, somebody is going to be sacrificed, uh, whatever, anything like that. So uh, I guess I'm supposed to bring people's attention to uh, other things that what's obvious. Uh, what's interesting for me lately is that, like I've been doing lots of interviews more than usual for the show, for the music, because people, like, like you said, people are, are really, uh, I don't know, something happened with the music. Uh, something is touching people about this and... Uh, the thing is, uh, I'm really a more a musician, uh, I'm going to say, than, um, let's say, a composer, because in the sense that, you know, I had this little talk with Mike, and then I, I go to the studio, and my brain is processing stuff, but I'm not thinking about any of it. I don't have graphics and designs and calculations about what the music is exactly doing to every character and every moment. And then at the end, you know that this is going to happen, and people are going to feel like this. It's not a master plan whatsoever. It's, it's really, really like super, super spontaneous and very fast. And then it's done. And afterwards, when people started, you know, asking me about this, I realized I didn't know what to say. So uh, there wasn't like a, a thought uh, about doing things a, a certain way. There's, uh, for example... Uh, the voices, I don't know, like, like the lead voices. Uh, I, I wanted the lead vocals to, to feel like uh, just uh, a human singing, right. but there is some processing, but it's not a, a processing that you feel like it's a digital processing, like auto-tune or whatever. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make you feel like uh, uh, you know this sound, you know this from pop music. You have all these auto-tune notes that are all very straight and perfect and stuff. So we are used to that digital sound now. So I didn't want to go with digital effects. I, for example, I was changing the pitch of the voice uh, by changing the speed, which is the oldest trick in the book. Like you have tape and you just play the, the tape down and you have a lower note. So that's the basic idea. I think it's less detrimental to, to a natural voice, at least for me, for, our, for what I needed to do, I mean. So you have these singing voices that are doing stuff that if you try to sing it, you're not going to be able to uh, because there's something weird happening. Like there's something not human about it because I changed the notes in a way that a person couldn't do. So uh, you feel the raw quality. There's jumps. There's jumps in the yeah, notes. Yeah. The dramatic jumps. Yeah. So you have this quality that the, it's a real voice. It's not a, a, you know, like a robot sample or something. But there's something that you, can, you, you can't point your finger on, but you feel there's, there's something weird happening. And maybe that's upsetting too, in a way, because I'm wondering if people feel about that the way they feel, you know, when you watch a horror movie and you have a, a character that's a human, but then you realize there's something weird about that human that it is not quiet so human. There's something odd. 
And this is actually more scary than monsters, I think, in general. Uh, it's when you when you believe that there's something like you and it's not like you at all. It's something that's hiding there. There, there might be some danger or whatever. Yeah. How did you decide on the instrumentation? Like, So when you leave that meeting with Mike and you kind of leave with Hawaiian Hitchcock sort of in mind, did you immediately know what instruments you wanted to maybe use or did you have to kind of lay out some and, and try and it kind of was it a process of elimination on the instruments? Uh, it was more by addition, I would say, in the sense that I just started recording some shakers for a while. And then after when I had those shakers, then I can play something else. So I'm, I'm jamming with myself, just going to play some other drums. And then when I have those drums, I'm going to again start over and I'm listening to everything I recorded previously. So it's basically just uh, jams. And I believe everything I recorded... In the end, uh, I did use um, because uh, once I had all these percussion beds and whatnot, I could uh, decide whether I might need a little bit of pianos later on or just a little whatever other instruments. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because we didn't have much time. Uh, it was very it was very fast, so there was not much thinking. And I, um, and I wasn't in a mode where I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to try something for a while and maybe it doesn't work. Uh, so I'll try something else. In this case, it was, it, it has to work. Like I'm recording all this stuff and, and in my mind, this is working like all the time. Uh, whatever I'm doing is, is just working and, and, uh, and I'm moving forward. That's not how you typically work, I imagine, right? Uh, it depends. I mean, if you have lots of time, of course, there's uh, lots of procrastination, which is not good either. So I suppose, uh, yeah, in general, uh, I, I mean, any composer in general would complain not having the time to do what they want to do, uh, being too rushed or something. But I, I think there's something good about it. For me, in any ways, it, this feels a lot more spontaneous. I think that it, that it could be if I spent a year in the studio with like, you know, do the usual thing you you call the best musicians in town and whatever and it's just everything takes forever and you're doing these pristine uh, recordings uh, and stuff this was this is very homemade it feels very raw it feels un uncorrected unproduced were you happy with it when you turned it in oh yeah yeah i, w I was really happy I, I was happy that they that mike liked it first because I mean, there's a there's an adjustment period where the first time people get tracks for their shows is a bit scary. You don't know how they're going to react, and uh, they need time to digest, uh, which is normal. Particularly if you're sending non-standard music, but in this case, it went really well, and um, and there's only Mike. I mean, there's only one person. I mean, he's the creator of this thing and he's doing everything. So, uh, I mean, there are other uh, executives and, and, and whatnot, but uh, what I mean is like, he was the main focus. I mean, what he wanted. So it's uh, it's faster and much easier in, in, I mean, unless you have a problem with that one person, then, 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 then that's it. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's much easier not having that, you know, 25 cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> we'll be right back with Cristobal Tapia de Vere after a quick break. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. 
You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hello, hello. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. Let me tell you an unconventional story about a healthcare group that wanted to improve their efficiency. Boston Children's Hospital. They were already a leading pediatric facility. Their patient outcomes, workflows, and delivery of care were already great. But they wondered, how can we make it better? So the hospital got to work. Their idea was to build what they called clinical mobility, meaning a system which would allow their staff to access information and interact with patients on mobile devices anywhere in the hospital. And what made that possible? 5G. The hospital rebuilt their entire system with 5G technology at its core. That infrastructure now supports thousands of phones and tablets so practitioners can communicate with patients on a whole new level. Boston Children's also made sure the system could flex and scale to handle medical advancements like robotic surgery and virtual reality for training and research. This was worlds away from how they had previously operated. This innovative work hasn't gone unnoticed, first by patients, but also by their peers. Boston Children's was a first place winner in the industry category at last year's unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business, an event that celebrates customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of innovation. If the Boston Children's story rings a bell with you, if your team has asked the same questions about building a better business solution, I encourage you to enter this year's awards. It's a great way to be recognized for smart, disruptive thinking in front of some of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. I'll save you a seat. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with more of my conversation with Cristobal Tapia de Vier. So when you sat down to create the sound and the music for this show, what's the first thing you recorded that actually made it to the final mix? It's probably the second piece of music on the show 
when the show starts, they like this old school music, something jazzy. And then right after that, we see a big shot of the of the hotel. And that is like a very loud track with the, with the same voices that you find in the theme, but is is more of a wild uh, tribal thing. Uh, you want me to show you what the voices are? Please. So. Okay, so that's that's the lead from the theme, and then. So this in particular, that beat there. So that's that's the first voices I tried and, and I put it on that track and and it worked and they, they liked it. What was the thought that led to it? Was it like, I want to play with odd vocals, with just strange voices? There is this tribal aspect, this uh, war cry aspect, uh, all of these things that fit well with what uh, we uh, we wanted to convey with the show. So it could be associated with uh, many things. You know, it could be natives that have been abused forever by, uh, you know, the white privilege uh, and everything. So could be that there's some of that. It could be some kind of ritual, ritualistic kind of singing. There is that aspect. Uh, there is the pop aspect that is purely uh, aesthetic that to me, uh, when when I found this way of, of playing those voices, to me, it felt like, that's it. Like that's a hit. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know a hit like a radio hit or something like that. But it's a hit in the sense that it, the way it hits you, it, it hits people. Uh, I, I can tell that this does an effect. There's something like alien, but at the same time, people are really curious and it's like, wow, what is that voice and stuff. So, so it just felt right away like I had found some some gold there. You definitely did. Where did the voice sounds come from? So there's this weird story where I I met Kanye West uh, at some point. I didn't really meet him. I mean, he called me and he bought me a plane ticket. And, and this was like, I have no idea what he wants. Like, it's Kanye West. So I'm, I'm, I, this is a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's like, okay, well, sure. I, I thought it was a joke. I mean, until I got to LA, I thought somebody's playing a trick. Uh, when I talked to him on the phone, I said, okay, this guy sounds like Kanye West, but you never know. I mean, it's, it's, it's so weird. And and it's not like I'm producing whatever, you know, the new singer or something. It's just I'm doing these weird projects and, and stuff. So, but I mean, he's, he's looking for weird stuff too. So I guess, but uh, anyhow, at some point I got to LA and uh, I, I went to his place where he works and everything in Calabasas and, and stuff. And then um, I was trying to understand what he wanted, but because this guy, he's always, you know, talking about a million things at the same time. I mean, he was showing me this new Nike shoe and speaking about music and how this Nike shoe relates to music. Uh, and it was like a new prototype. And then there's some kids that come from another room with uh, some other prototype. And then we walk to another room and we start looking at all his clothes, the new stuff that he's coming with. And, and still, you know, all this time, I have no idea what's happening. I, I don't know why I'm there, why he showed me all this stuff. But anyhow, I, I did have my laptop and I, I started to work on some stuff. And my minding is, since it's Kanye West, I was at the hotel uh, and I, I was trying to find something that is really striking. 
because if he takes me there, I mean, I'm not just going to do some R&B beat or whatever. You know, I, I have to come up with something. And this is what happened. And not, not this tune in particular, but I had those voices and I tried to find a way to play melodies that is a really striking thing. And this happened by accident. And I was like, at that point, I knew that this was like gold. And I, wa- I was, okay, this I'm going to show to Kanye. So anyhow, I was there for like a week and, and I had to leave and there was problems and uh, Kanye started firing people and his lawyers and everything was too long and I had to leave and so whatever. Uh, it was a mess. So just to say this, has, it, it's like, I'm going to say it's maybe a month before he came out of the closet as a Trump supporter. So I didn't know about that. I, I would probably not have gone there <laughs> if I knew. But so it was. There was a, a lots of changing uh, happening in his life and, and everything. So uh, I just I, I just left at some point, and I, I was like, okay, he'll he'll come me back whenever he needs something. Uh, I don't know. So I had those voices. Uh, the system, uh, meaning, uh, you know, there's a girl doing and stuff and then I, I was playing with it with samples and stuff so I could do any harmonizing or whatever at that point it doesn't really matter what exactly the melody is it's just that that system and then yeah so this project came up and I was man those tribal voices that's exactly what we need for this so I just went back to my system there and started finding the right melody and stuff and that's it. It became that. So that that particular harmony, the last one I, I show you just now, that's the one I did for Kanye, which he never heard. He never heard it? Uh, he never heard it uh, So because we never, we, we never got to somewhere with that. So I don't know what was happening over there. So my, I, lately, I've been like thinking about that. And it's like, I hope this guy listened to the White Lotus and he's like everybody else. Okay, who's that guy? He's the same guy who made it for you a couple of years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy to think that could have been a Kanye West song. It would have been perfect for Kanye. Yeah, yeah. Can you play that sound again? Can you play those voices one more time? Yeah. So I'm playing from the beginning. Part of it as well? Uh, no, just this one. I never heard the laughing before. Yeah, because there's so much happening, I guess. You know, it, it's it's in the in the chaos in there. <laughs> oh, super cool. So once you had that, what was the thought? What was the move? Yeah, the main thing uh, with this show is the percussions, really. I, I, I recorded maybe for two weeks, uh, stacking lots of uh, every percussion that I have. 
So for example, I think I started with the, the toms. So it's like, uh, um, I'm going to say there's a, maybe a kick drum, a floor tom, and there's some indigenous percussions like uh, shaman drums, uh, which are all with uh, uh, animal skins and stuff like that. And I started doing this kind of thing. So I did a bit of this, uh, lots of different rhythms with only these low drums that are softer and kind of deeper. And then I started adding all kinds of things like this. And then later building. stuff like that then i started uh playing with bottles and flutes and were you playing them actually or were you, was it a sample of someone playing them oh yeah 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 it, this is a, it's all live uh, all that stuff so the bottles is something like this <laughs> so okay this is when i discovered how the watermelon man works because I never thought of watermelon uh, man until I, I, I said, okay, I'm going to try this bottle thing. So I do this. And then uh, at some point I tried to do this uh, repeatedly and I realized I have to breathe a lot. So I do. And when I hear my voice going there, it's like, oh, that's why it sounds like that. <laughs> that that thing is just it's just your throat, you know. It makes a sound, and then you have this rhythm, and it's just natural. It, and it's like, oh, that's it. That's how that works. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I just jump with the bottles and try to do that stuff. And then the flutes, it's similar. <laughs> Okay, so this this track is just that. Um, I stacked maybe four or six flutes uh, to make that that one line. Those the, the harmonies. Okay, so you can hear me there a, a little bit of my voice. I'm the is that, but uh, there's some uh, other tracks on the show where you can really hear this kind of and, and the breathing and everything. So those cover uh, all the anxiety of the the breathing and the lacking air and uh, somehow you know claustrophobic thing. There's lots of that in general uh, in the show. And then have some keys. Okay, so that's the same as the flutes. It's just adding a little, a little bit of color there. And how did you decide on that sound? I'm not sure. I, I, I wanted a little kind of a ska, Ricky kind of thing. Um, I suppose it's, it's kind of a reverby keyboard that just fit with the flutes. But it also sounds like what you might hear if you were like clubbing on a private aisle, like at Ibiza or something like that might be like yeah. Ibiza with a, a demented twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's an aspect of the score that it's it's very minimalistic, but it's there is that uh, there are dance little things here and there, like 
like the, this bright clap sometimes uh, when it comes, it's almost like a four on the floor sometimes uh, on certain versions. I don't know how to call it, but uh, electronic dancey cheesiness here and there, you know, some yeah. elements of, uh, you know, just party, uh, rave, or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, and then um, afterwards, uh, I have some effects uh, in there. Okay, some people screaming. <laughs> okay, so so that's the, that's just the the, the chaos uh, you know happening, the birds, people screaming and stuff, and it's not uh, when you hear the song. This is not clear, but it, it feels like you're somewhere. Uh, and maybe there's people fighting somewhere in the back or, you know, stuff like that. Th those are like the basic elements. Had you played those instruments before? Like, were the, are those your instruments that like go-to instruments in your arsenal? Percussions, I suppose. I always do lots of percussions, I think, in, in general, but not as much of this. Uh, in this, I was allowed to be more, I would say, maybe a little more tribal, more... Uh, all out, you know, jungle feeling music, no, not jungle music, the style, but like I could make music like, like uh, as if I was in the jungle. I mean, so a lot of the instruments are, are like kind of like um, African pygmy. I have lots of Latin American and African instruments. And lately I've been buying more African instruments because lots of Latin American instruments have a background in Africa. Obviously, so for for example, in this show, I use uh, a cuica, which is Latin America from South America, but there is an African version of that. Uh, in Latin America, the one we use, it, it's made of metal, and we use it in, like batucada and uh, all these big uh, festivities. So it's a really it's a loud instrument that sounds like a monkey. Basically, it's like a monkey talking or screaming and stuff like that. So lots of the monkey sounds in the show are not samples from monkeys, but it's this instrument. I mean, all these congas, like for example, uh, congas is uh, it's the most like you know Cuban Latin American thing uh, you can think of. But but I have like uh, other versions from from Africa and uh, and from other instruments like the dun dun, which is uh, which which are like huge congas with skins on both sides. And it sounds even more raw than, than the Latin American version. I have lots of stuff like that uh, that I use in here uh, that are not, I suppose, that are not Hawaiian, uh, but uh, that serve the purpose, which wasn't to try to make like Hawaiian music or, in, or it's not a Hawaiian so sound at all. Uh, some people have talked about that, that they feel like, oh, it's so cool with the music. You feel like you're in Hawaii, but it's really not. Yeah. But it's, it's more about the people who are there. They're, they're wild minds, you know, they're, they're dangerous minds, all that stuff. It's, it's more an imagery uh, like that. It's a lot in the writing, too, and just in the, the way the characters were played and the tension between them. But the music definitely propelled it the same way, like, you know, when you're watching Vertigo. It's Hitchcock, so you, know, you might know something's going to happen, but... Just from the start of the movie, if you didn't know it's Hitchcock, 
it could go any way and the music really drives the, the your, yeah. your your viewing experience you know I, yeah I, I think mike's a genius really whatever that means i mean there's so many <laughs> definition of genius for me personally my experience uh, uh i think he's a genius because of what he allows to happen i felt like even he when he felt a, li a little bit scared about something that i would say send or whatever he was always allowing me to try stuff and maybe to be wrong about something to make mistakes or whatever or to do really weird things because he's looking for uh, you know um interest interesting ideas and then sometimes some people you're gonna try something And when you're even starting something, they're going to put you down. It's like, no, 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 don't think like that. No, we're not doing this. And it's like, it's like we need to go somewhere and then uh, talk about it and then, move, and then more further and stuff. But I have to say, it's really weird. It's like he knew what the music was doing and how people were going to react. And, uh, and he somehow told me that the people, You know, this reaction I've been seeing to the show and to the music, it's like he told me that in advance that that was going to happen. And I have no idea how how he would know that. What do you say? Well, like uh, that it's crazy what the music is doing and people are going to go crazy and they, they're, gonna, they're not going to stop calling you and this and that. And I was like, for me in my head, I was trying something. I was kind of happy, but I was also expecting, I don't know how people are going to feel about this. Maybe it's too weird. This has happened to me in the past where I, I, I'm proposing something with the music and, and I get this idea that people are going to destroy me. They're going to say that I destroyed the show and whatnot. So this was one of those shows. I was like, maybe it's cool or maybe it's really, really completely not the moment for this it's not gonna work i don't know man They, all this precaution stuff i really yeah I, i had no idea but he seems he seemed more confident uh, than me we'll be back with more from my interview with cristobal tapia devere after a quick break as listeners to this show you probably consider yourself pretty smart but how smart is your wallet When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hello, hello, Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people, the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer, So they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. 
How did they build it? By using a combination of technologies. The cellular vehicle-to-everything network, T-Mobile's 5G network, and 5G-connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The city of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards, an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the city of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with Cristobal Tapia Devere. Since the show's come out, are you getting more work? And is it work that you want to do? Or <laughs> Yes. Short answer is yes. Um, it's, it's been uh, overwhelming, uh, I'm going to say. And I'm, I'm kind of adapting to it because it's like people went crazy, really. I mean, and when I say this, it's like literally. Like I have some people, we, we have, my, me and my manager, we had to block because we were getting like, like it was abusive, like, they started like straight to me, like some agents. I'm, I'm speaking to those kind of people. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it's like, it's like you tell me, okay, I don't have the time for this. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, I don't need help. And and then right away, it's like texting you. One text after the other. It's like you have some kind of, you know, uh, fucked up uh, partner that's gone psycho. It's like, what's happening, man? It's like these people. So that's one thing. And then I have all the Marvels and Disney and all the people that I, I've never worked with because myself, it's, you know, it's too weird uh, or too exotic. I, I don't know exactly. But now they everybody's interested, and I have all these people and stuff, and I'm refusing everything just because I, I I'm on a movie right now, right? And and that's it. So one of the things I'm confronted with now is that, uh, you know, I don't do the composer thing of having a team of you know writers and composers and uh, you know helpers that sometimes they do all the job for me, 
And sometimes, you know, if it's a very big project, you know, uh, maybe it's more me. So I don't, I don't understand that stuff. That's, that's really, to me, that's just greed, but it's, uh, it's like beyond greed. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I would love to be a multimillionaire, like whoever does, you know, Batman and stuff, but I'm not a manager. I'm not a boss. I don't want to do that. And I want to have to check you know, all these people that are working for me and navigating all this stuff. This is just is super weird. And I, I never going to, I don't think I'm going to do this, you know, five movies in a year. It's like, I don't understand how these people, they do that. You you see this IMDb from Composer and they have like 200 credits. It's like, it's so weird to me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to explain to them that you know, I'm, thank you so much. And, and I'm not refusing because I don't want to do your project or anything. It's just that, but for them, this is really alien. They don't understand why I'm refusing stuff because nobody refuses. They, they just, they take everything and they do everything. And it's like, uh, to me, it's, it's a little bit McDonald's. It's like, I don't want to do chain work or something. Yeah. Uh, I want to, to me, everything is housemade. It's homemade and it's like I'm doing everything. It's a, bit, a little bit slower, but I don't, I do one thing, do one project and that's it. And then the next project. Well, what's cool though is that it seems like there's something happening, which I never seen uh, since I started doing this. It's like I, I started somewhere with Utopia where I, I'm kind of like a weird punk uh, Latino that is doing some weird stuff, but it makes lots of noise, uh, Utopia, even though it wasn't like a hit, like a, in, in numbers. Right. It, it, it was a hit in a way because to this day, anybody, anywhere, uh, where I'm in London or in LA or whatever, people will speak about that. They were going to tell me, man, that, that show... Every department, the art, uh, the music, uh, it was it, it was really something. So, uh, and now the White Lotus seems to have done that in the U.S. because the uh, Utopia was more of a U.K. thing, right? But uh, now with the White Lotus, is it feels like um, I'm less of an alien now, but I, they're calling me because that's the thing. Like somehow it's becoming the thing that this, they, they want to be completely surprised, completely, they want something else. Like it's like all, all of a sudden they're tired of this Hollywood sound. They don't want that anymore. They want in your face, they want melodies. They, they want, uh, you know, the, the music to be a character, this and that. And of course, maybe they're excited. You have to see if that's possible because of course, you know, with people putting lots of money into projects, then they hear something weird and they become scared. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah. A lot of pressure with that. <laughs> a lot of pressure comes with that. <laughs> if you can be the one though, to bring, you know, melodies back into this and, and just really de mcdonaldize you know. Yeah, de mcdonaldize that's, that's so true, man. Be appreciated. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for taking the time to do this, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. It's my pleasure. Thanks to Cristobal Tapia Devere for taking us through the stems for his theme for the show, White Lotus. You can hear his work by checking out a playlist we made on brokenrecordpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast, where you can find all of our new episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Record. 
Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Martin Gonzalez, Eric Sandler, Jennifer Sanchez, and with engineering help from Nick Chafee. Our executive producer is Mia Lobel. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin Industries, consider becoming a Pushnik. Pushnik is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for $4.99 a month. Look for Pushnik exclusively on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like the show, please remember to share, rate, and view us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there.